Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot of show today, all right? Breaking down news of the day, my contributor is A.B. Burns Tucker, law student and host of I Am Legally Hype, should be a remarkable show. Also in the bullpen, we have Charmaine Yoist, conservative strategist. We're gonna talk about the Supreme Court leak because they're saying it's illegal. I say it is not illegal, all right? So we will chop it up, should be interesting to see how this plays out. Top story of the day, listen, I have exclusive video, I have exclusive audio, and I have a story that you wanna pay attention to. Black students in a Floyd County, Georgia school, they have been suspended, suspended because they dared to wear a shirt that said Black Lives Matter. They were going to protest against the Confederate flag being in their school system, worn by students and racism against administrators, and it goes deep. Now, flyers were going around the school saying, hey, We're going to protest, it will be peaceful, it will be away from school property. And the principal told them that he will have them arrested if they engage in any protest, even outside of the school campus. Not only did he say it, he said, if you have a flyer about this peaceful protest, you will be disciplined. I have the exclusive audio of the principal of Coosa High School in Floyd County, Georgia, threatening the students. The name of the principal is Judson Cox. Here it is. It gets even deeper than this. You just heard the school principal threaten to arrest his own students for engaging in a peaceful protest outside of school property that was scheduled to happen the day after he said that. There's more, let's put up a picture of these students. Some of the students, they have now decided to sue that school system and it gets deep. Let me show you what these black students have to witness on a regular basis. You see that? That's the attire, okay? They are the students, white students are allowed to wear, literally wear Confederate flags to school. That is considered to be appropriate for the CUSA high school. But if you wear a shirt that says Black Lives Matter or BLM, 
you are suspended. There's more background. Black students who were suspended for trying to protest Confederate flag displays at their school in Georgia have filed a federal lawsuit against their school district and its board members, accusing them of allowing an extensive pattern of racism, including overt bigotry and animosity by some white students and teachers against African American students. There's more. They also allege unfair punishment. Students are banned from wearing Black Lives Matter shirts, but Confederate flag apparel is acceptable under the school's dress code, the lawsuit says. The students joined by their mothers as plaintiffs already made news when their protest at Coosa High School was stifled last fall. Put up a picture of the high school. Now, this is why I want you to see the picture of the high school. The students were planning to protest across the street off of the property. It was clear in the flyer, it was clear in the organization. And the principal, remember, the principal threatened to have them arrested for protesting even outside of school property. Now here's why this is ironic. This school actually went viral because white students at that same school just a few months ago decided to do a reenactment of the murder of George Floyd. Once this reenactment of the murder was published on social media, the school system said, "Oh, we are powerless to do anything about it." While it is on social media, it did not happen in front of an administrator, and we cannot confirm that this was on our school campus, but it clearly was. So, at that time, the leadership said, well, we're not able to regulate these things that are external of the school, even though it happened at the school. But then the principal threatens to arrest students for planning a peaceful protest off of school property. Now in their lawsuit filed on Tuesday against the Floyd County School District and its board members. They allege an extensive pattern of racism, including white students reenacting the murder of George Floyd and posting it on social media. And a student who carried what appeared to be a whip and told a black student, we used to whip you. No discipline for that student that obviously was was within the context of the code at the school. Now you may have heard of Floyd County before. You know who represents Floyd County? Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. That gives you some context of the area you're dealing with. Let's put up a picture of the school board members that are party of the lawsuit. But look at that. Does that surprise anyone? The suit faults administrators for deliberate indifference to acts of racial animosity toward black students perpetuated perpetrated by white students and teachers. Remember, it's a one-two combination here that creates atmosphere, as well as schools viewpoint discrimination, as well as the school's viewpoint discrimination in its dress code and the inconsistent administration of discipline policies to the detriment of black students. There's more, joining the students as plaintiffs are their mothers. So let me tell you this, Lakeisha Turner, Jessica Murray, those are two mothers you have to pay attention to in this story. Miss Murray was pulled over by a police officer after picking up the suspended children and detained by the police. 
until school officials presented her with a letter threatening criminal trespass charges if she was found again on school grounds. Their authority obviously goes beyond the school system. I'm talking about the good old boy network here that we are exposing. We're about to break every single one of you up. You see, exposure is a great disinfectant to corruption. You all are on my list today. I got more, put up his picture, superintendent of schools. His name is Dr. Glenn White, okay? Joining the students, obviously are the mothers, the students, that guy is fighting against it. Dr. Glenn White on Tuesday said the district disputes the allegations, but had been advised by lawyers to not get into specifics at this time. The Floyd County school system looks forward to presenting the facts on this situation in court. Dr. White told the Associated Press in a phone interview, keep his picture up. The buck is supposed to stop with him, right? He is protecting the madness that permeates in that culture in that local school district. Where is Coosa High School? Let me give you an idea. Coosa High is near Rome. It is in the heart of Northwest Georgia's conservative 14th Congressional District which is represented by Marjorie Taylor Greene. About 10% of the school's more than 800 students in grades eight through 12 are black, state enrollment figures show. About 58% are white while 26% are Hispanic and the remainder are multicultural or another race. The man leading the charge advocating for these students is civil rights attorney extraordinaire Harry Daniels. Let's put up the picture of attorney Daniels. There's attorney Daniels next to Benjamin Crump. On another case, I was able to speak with attorney Daniels earlier today. And it is clear that not only did this happen, but there's so much more that will become part of the official record within the next two weeks. The lawsuit accuses school officials of creating an atmosphere where certain viewpoints, including white nationalism and white supremacy are permitted. When a group of students sought to protest the Ability of their classmates to wear the Confederate flag on campus. The principal threatened student Desiree Turner that she could be jailed for instigating a riot. The lawsuit says the principal also announced over the intercom that any student protesting or even possessing a flyer announcing the protest would be disciplined. You heard that statement right here. You heard it in his own words. Some more insight I received from attorney Daniels earlier today is that initially the black students were suspended for five days and their white allies that supported them in this planned protest, they were suspended for one. Parents, white parents made an issue about the inequity of treatment and the school decided to amend it to a one day in school suspension for the black students after white parents spoke up. This is racial bullying. This will not be tolerated on our watch. We will stay with this story until there's a resignation of the principal, the superintendent to start. AB, what are your thoughts on this story? 
first of all, I think the audacity of the blatant racism and constitutional violations, right? We're looking at a free speech violation, our First Amendment, which is something that we've been arguing a lot recently. We're looking at due process violations. But I wanna say this, this is what the Supreme Court has said about free speech. It's the function of free speech is to invite dispute, okay? And the freedom of speech, although it's not absolute, is protected against censorship or punishment unless shown likely to produce a clear and present danger of a serious substance, evil, a substantive evil, excuse me, that rises far above public inconvenience, annoyance, or unrest. The type of speech that these black students were participating in is protected under our First Amendment. Whether the white students like it or not, whether the white teachers like it or not, they are fully protected to voice themselves like that. For us to limit these young children because of their race, to make them feel like they are not protected under our constitution because they're race, because you don't agree with the fact that they disagree with your racism, it's foul, it is traumatizing, and it goes against what we stand for as a country. We gotta get our democracy in check real soon. Very well said. We're gonna stay on top of this story. Now remember, conservative lawmakers, they want you to believe that critical race theory is the greatest challenge in public education. It's not even taught in public education, but that is their red meat legislation to get all of their followers excited. Unfortunately, their followers, conservative followers are not excited about fighting actual racism inside of school systems. It has happened, so Congressman Madison Cawthorn is no more. He loses his primary, he's out of there, he's gone. Madison Cawthorn, the youngest member of the US Congress, he was anti-black people, anti-LGBTQ community. He was pro-Donald Trump, that's basically all you need to know. He decided to commit the unbelievable sin of actually snitching on other Republicans and exposing their orgies and cocaine parties, that's what did him in. Let me give you some background here. Um, Cawthorn lost his bid for re-election. Let's put up his picture to this guy. All right, uh, falling um, to state senator Chuck Edwards in the GOP primary in the 11th congressional district. Seven challengers had stepped up to challenge Cawthorn in this deeply red district. He called Edwards to concede Tuesday night. All right, so let's go over this brief but very interesting career. Of Cawthorn. Cawthorn has twice been stopped trying to bring a gun onto a plane. One of us would have been in prison. He was able to avoid even arrest. He claimed his colleagues take cocaine and hold orgies. That's what did it. Which means, by the way, that his colleagues do use cocaine and have orgies. He suggested House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is an alcoholic, even even though she doesn't drink. He might be caught up in an insider trading scheme and a GOP senator from his own state has called for an investigation into him. He has called Ukraine, the Ukrainian President Zelensky a thug. Multiple women have accused him of sexual harassment. It goes on January 6th, let's go to that. His involvement, a group of Cawthorn's constituents challenged his eligibility to be on the ballot, arguing that he should not be allowed to run because they say, The congressman advocated for political violence both before and after January 6, 2021. And that the actions of Cawthorn and others led directly, intentionally, and foreseeably to the insurrectionist violent assault on the Capitol. They were correct. Now to mention 
the unflattering photos and videos. Let's put up a screenshot of some of those. Take it down memory lane here, all right? This happened after he exposed Republican members of Congress for their cocaine use and sexual orgies, all right? There it is. Despite a last minute endorsement from Trump, he still lost. In recent weeks, Cawthorn faced an onslaught of on unflattering opposition and questions about his mental stability. Republican leaders in the state, including Senator Tom Tillis, who backed Edwards, worked to unseat him. Last year, Cawthorn angered Tillis when he called the senator a terrible campaigner and a complete rhino, Republican in name only, at a Republican meeting in the state. Congressman Cawthorn also briefly talked about switching districts, pushing aside and disparaging Tim Moore, the state House Speaker and presumed front runner. Uh, definition of flash in the pan, all right? Cawthorn was dangerous, but the guy who is going to replace him, he's dangerous too. His policies are completely antithetical to progress. He's a ridiculous individual as well, all right? They're just trading pieces at this point. Same play, different person. All right, AB thoughts here. Yeah, at this point, I feel like the um, GOP just needs their own reality show on the Zeus network because it's just tacky, unorganized, <laughs> and a complete mess. Um, this is why we have to fight for voting rights. This is why we need to fight and make sure all these gerrymandering laws and stuff that are trying to push us out of these districts don't pass because. This is what we're stuck with with leadership. He was 26 years old, clearly didn't know what he was doing, um, very immature. It was a lot of stuff about him before he even ran for his position that people should have been concerned about. Um, but this is a rhetoric that has been skewed now. And this is what happens when we don't have a, a better like standard for who should be in Congress and who should be in leadership. Like we need to do better background checks on the leadership. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when the electorate has been conditioned to consume. So because of commercialization, there's this consumerism connected to politics now. So now instead of being a thoughtful voter, instead of being a thoughtful citizen, they want you to be a thoughtless consumer. And as long as the brand is smoking, if the brand is hot, people are going to consume or vote for that brand, especially in the Republican Party, but this also permeates in left-leaning politics as well. And it takes intentional effort, like what we're doing here, to expose it and to be thoughtful about the analysis, narrative, and conversation. All right, one of the saddest things you will hear in a very long time. The mass murderer, right, Peyton, who decided he wanted to kill black people because of his racial hatred and indoctrination. One of the stories that has come out of that evil drama is an eight year old child who had to hide in a cooler to avoid being murdered. Let's put up her picture and the picture of her parents. The eight year old child, her name is London Thomas. Her parents are Julie and Lamont. This eight year old is now home with her family. Happy to be all together. 
She was with her parents when the shooter opened fire in a Buffalo, New York grocery store, killing 10 people. She could have been number 11. London Thomas, eight years of age, her mom and her dad went to Topps Friendly Market to gather supplies for a cookout and a birthday surprise Saturday. When we went to Topps, we were buying some cake mix for my mama. She did not know she was at the meat section so we could grill, London said. And then as the family was separated, shots rang out. Once they never stopped, you just gotta think, I know I'm not in this situation that I thought I'd ever be in, said London's dad, Lamont Thomas. The eight year old and her dad rushed to the back of the store, hiding in a cooler with the father's hand over his little girl's mouth. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a mass murderer in a grocery store? You're there with your child to buy ingredients for a surprise party. And you have to hide your child in the cooler and put your hands over her mouth so the killer will not come and gun her down. We went to the back of the store where the milk is. The door was locked and we could not get out until the manager opened the door. Then we had to go out the back door. The cops let us out, the eight year old said. At that same moment, London's mom, Julie Hartwell, was at the front of the store trying to stay down. Gallons of milk were exploding around her as bullets flew. She says she could hear the suspect's footsteps getting louder. The eight year old said, and I quote, I was scared for my mom. I did not know what happened to her because she was at the front and I was at the back. I did not know where she was. I thought she was gone. You have to imagine an eight year old wrapping their minds around the severity of such carnage and evil in a split second, in a moment in life. She has to conceptualize what's happening. Once safely outside, the eight year old and her dad ended up on one side of the building, whereas her mom ended up on the other. Hartwell says those 20 minutes where she was separated were some of the longest moments in her life. 20 minutes later, they gave me my daughter. That was the most longest wait I've ever had in my life, she said. Throughout all of the chaos, the eight year old says she never felt scared. Because her dad was there. She said, and I quote, people say I'm a really brave girl. Let's put her picture up again. Let me say this, um, London, you're more than a brave girl. You are an amazing soul. And you are a brave girl because your mother and father are brave people. But beyond being brave, you are good.
you are good, goodness is inside of you. And I know you're good because when your life was in danger, mm-hmm. all you could think about was the safety of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Amy, what are your thoughts? I was gonna say the same thing, right? Um, first and foremost, like this is tragic. But I ask that we speak life into baby London. And I ask that this situation as probably hard as it's gonna be on her, I ask that it gives her fuel um, and it motivates her in her future. Um, it's a scary time right now, right? When white thugs, right, um, predators, terrorists come into our neighborhoods bothering us. We not even bothering y'all, y'all bothering us for something that you've made up in your mind about what's going on in your own community and put us in these type of situations. As a mother, I can only imagine the fear of being a mother and being separated from my child at a time where I don't I don't even know if I'm safe. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know why I'm being targeted at this point. We are in a dangerous state and it's unfortunate that our black children have to go through this much trauma in 2022. Yeah, and this is why we fight so hard against racism. This is why we fight hard against those that are apologists for racist ideology in this country. Because literally they are creating atmospheres that lead to the death of good, decent, honorable men, women, and children. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Thank you in advance. Um, before I get to the comments, I, I got to remind everyone: um, if you enjoy indisputable podcasts, all right, podcast only on Facebook, I need you to make the switch to Apple, Spotify, or somewhere. All right, you got listen. You got to get the hell up out of Facebook. If you listen to the show on Facebook podcast, you got to go. All right, okay. Not our fault. It's Facebook's fault. Uh, Facebook announced that it will deactivate their podcast feature. All right, so about 24% of people that consume our podcast, they consume it by way of the Facebook podcast feature. Um, we don't want you to miss any new episode episode of Indisputable. Uh, so make sure you make that switch, all right? Make it happen. All right. Mickey <clears throat> uh, C. The Silverhead Dragon says, teaching our actual racial history is banned. Yet those kids had no problem knowing about whites whipping black human beings. And felt there was nothing wrong with reminding the black kids that they are inferior, not even human. Yet one more example of the desperate need for teaching history. There you go. And teaching it in what's called moral context. All right. Uh, I am Sock says they're going to, to cry CRT so much when they can no longer bring Confederate flags to school. Um, oh, that's funny. I'm Sock also says he's no longer a Cawthorn in our side. Get it? All right, YouTube Super Chat, Trudy Lawrence, uh, let the Trumplicans turn on each other. I already got the pop, popcorn and tea. Yep, Kevin Bard. Um, I want a Dr. Richie shirt that says, you're on my list. I already got my double dose. All right, good. See, look, you put it in the atmosphere. I think somebody put double dose in the atmosphere. That's why you got one of those, all right? Okay, 
Twitch, uh, Gal for 71. I'd like to see someone ask this principal if they can wear a Blue Lives Matter t-shirt and see what he would say. Yep, you are absolutely correct. Um, Queen Mother Dragon, I saw a local report of one lady who called 911 and the operator was rude and hung up on the woman because she was whispering. The reporter just said it was unfortunate, not outrageous, not disgraceful. I saw that too. And once again, that's that, you know, anchors not having emotion. I, I listen, I don't get down like that, obviously. Uh, this person was in a crisis, whispering to remain um, anonymous, basically. So the killer did not uh, uh, track her. Uh, and now when one hung up on her, that deserves an investigation. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Karenicity is real. Can we put up a picture of him throwing them bows? I want you to notice something here, okay? The Karen did not flinch, which tells me she's been Karening for a long time. She has achieved what we know in, in the research literature as OG Karen status, okay? Uh, this was over a parking dispute. Obviously, the male here was in a parking spot. She believed um, it, it, she believed that uh, he uh, needed this kind of uh, tough talk. But also, am appreciative of the what seemed to be wife of the male who came, you know. With the bows, uh, she got involved as well. Now, is it possible that this is Karen on Karen crime? Yes, that is possible. It is possible that both sides of this may have some Karenicity going on here. All right, we're still uh, reviewing the case; it's currently under investigation. All right, AB, what are your thoughts here? <laughs> Throw them both. Throw them both. I like it. But he he was down for his mama though. But I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. I felt I felt the energy because she was super out of pocket, and you can't just be talking to people's mamas like that. Ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. I really feel. I really feel for the guy. Uh, in this next story, okay? So a neighbor 
who's off duty, who's a cop off duty, gets his black neighbor arrested by the police. Here's some of that video. Don't make me come in that house. I will come in that house. I will come in that house. Get out of here now. Do it now. Do it now. You think I'm going to argue with you? I'm going to tase your ass. Now come out here and talk to me. God damn it. Sit your ass down. Stop yelling at me. Because you're taking off from me. No, you start yelling at me. I said, come here. You said no. Sit your ass down. Do it now. Pull your ID out. Your idea. I'll give you two seconds. I didn't do nothing. All I, um, all I came here to do was to talk to you. Now let me- That's how you talk to people? That's all you came there to do was to have a conversation? Well, that is a rude and violent and aggressive way to do so, officer. Not friendly. Let me give you background to this insanity. Let's put up a picture of the black male who had to endure this extremely troubling situation. His name is Cardin Marquez Lachlan. Per the report, he worked for Orange Grove and was dropping off a client with developmental challenges when the family's dog got loose, all right? So keep in mind now, okay? He works for a company. He's dropping off a client that has developmental challenges. The family's dog got loose. That's what happened. All right. Lachlan, Mr. Lachlan ended up chasing the dog down. Good guy. He's chasing the dog down onto off duty police officer Andrew Carter's property. Now, remember, this is not his dog. He's trying to help the family. He's a good guy. He runs after the dog. Let me get him. I got him. The dog ends up going onto a property. He runs into the property trying to save the dog. That property happened to be a cop. Put up the picture of the cop. All right. He goes into Officer Carter's property. An exchange between the two men followed, leading Officer Carter to call the police on the black male who's simply trying to save the dog. Okay. Let's keep his picture up. According to the body camera video provided by Lachlan's attorney, both Lachlan and Carter accused each other of making threats. Lachlan admitted to threatening Carter only because Carter threatened him first. I truly believe that. Carter has denied it. Uh, This is the first 45 seconds. We, We just saw the first 45 seconds. That's what you reviewed of the responding officer who was called to the scene. While the officer, whose name is Sam Roy Thatcher, was hostile to Lachlan, he later asked Carter which charge he thinks fit what happened here. He said, I'll do whatever you want done. You're the Vic. All right, that's keep in mind now, you got a one-two corruption combination. Black man does nothing illegal. He has done no crime, committed no criminal offense. Cop. Calls his buddies. Well, I got something for you. He calls 911. Cop gets there. The other cop gets there. Uh, basically calls him everything but boy. And then says to the off-duty officer, you tell me what you want me to do with him. You're the victim. Victim of what? There's more. Carter responded by saying he'd like to prosecute 
for aggravated assault, something that didn't even happen, which is exactly what Mr. Lachlan was arrested and charged for, never happened. Now Lachlan's attorney is trying to get the charges dropped. This is what he said to Channel 9 reporters. Lachlan's attorney tell us he believes East Ridge Police's response was uncalled for and he questions why body camera video would not start immediately. In response to this, the East Ridge Police Chief said he would not comment on the situation until he decides if there should be an internal investigation. Really? So he doesn't have enough evidence to realize there needs to be an internal investigation. Due to the arrest of this young black male, he no longer has his job at Orange Grove. He has been let go, okay? So I wanna highlight something here because it's not just bias in the criminal justice system. Bias, racism, bigotry in the criminal justice system unfairly targets black men in particular. It creates a ripple effect in the socioeconomic ecosystem of that individual. Now because of this bias targeted at him, he no longer has his job. Because he no longer has his job, he's no longer able to support himself nor his family. Because he's no longer able to support himself or his family, those that depend on him will have less options in the world. And those less options will equate to what we know as a diminished outcome. You see how this works? There's a cause and effect relationship to one incident one day in the life of one man that impacts many because of bias, racism, and corruption. That's why we fight. AB, thoughts here? Yeah, so my first issue was when the cop was like, don't make me come in there. You can't come up in here without probable cause or reasonable suspicion. And even then it's limited, so you wasn't coming up in here. Let's start there. Um, The other thing is you have a police officer who called the police. Why didn't you do your job? Maybe you could have served and helped him get his dog. That would have been a better solution to this problem. Um, It's just sickening where we're at. I felt so bad for that young man. This is very triggering and traumatizing. and we just gotta do better because yeah, our police stay out here while and out. They acting like gangbangers and not not police officers. Right. And listen, I need corporations. I need I need employers to do better too. Mm-hmm. Stop firing people just because there's a police report. Mm-hmm. You don't need more evidence than just watching Indisputable to see the police will lie. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. All right. Let's start with that very simple premise. If this person has been a good worker, if they have a credible defense, if you're able to sit down and and understand, hey, this is what happened, do it. Mm-hmm. But to keep firing people because of a police report, that's what they want. They know that he'll never get convicted by a jury, nor will he have some kind of penalty beyond that night in jail or the the, the fine or the bond he had to pay to get out of jail. They know this, right? They're depending on you to fire him. They're depending on you as a society and as a corporation to shun him. That's Mm -hmm. what they're depending on. They know Mm -hmm. he will likely never be convicted, but he may be convicted in the court of public opinion with you all. 
All right, so I need you to stand up too. I'm talking to corporate America. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments, don't have time to read a lot. Um, see Michael Henson, dude arguing with parking lot care, that elbow move is the next TikTok meme, just watch. Yeah. Um, see Michael Henson also said, Doc, the segment about the cop calling the cops on his black neighbor should have been on the I wish a Karen Wood segment, Karenicity at the worst. <laughs> yeah. Tondra Blankson, um, I just love you, Dr. Richie. Well, I love you back. Thank you for that. Knowing people like you are out there fighting for us gives me so much hope for the future. God bless you and hearts. God bless you as well. Thank you so much for that sentiment. Okay, uh, Kaladin, uh, they fire black people for accusations, but that sheriff still has his job for being the head drug dealer in his town. We covered that story yesterday. He's actually the chief of police. Chief of police gets arrested for selling meth. He's obviously on meth by the look of his mugshot. And the city attorney said, well, he's innocent until proven guilty. All right. Another tragedy inside of a school system showing the absolute racism and bias associated with our black students. Black student had a stroke inside of the school. Black student tells the nurse, hey, this is what's happening to me, I need help. What does the nurse do? Ah, well, in my medical opinion, you don't need help. I'm gonna call your mom. Put up the picture of the mom and the student who had a stroke, okay? Let me give you some background. That's a 17 year old Boston High School student, suffered a stroke while in class, did not receive the medical attention he needed. Instead, the chief medical personnel decided to call his mother instead of 911. His name is DeAndre Hicks, a junior at Henderson Inclusion Upper School in Dorchester. That's his mother, Alicia, all right? After telling his school nurse he felt weak, shaky, and numb, she called his mother. Ms. Hicks to pick him up from the school, ignoring the signs, ignoring them completely, suggesting the child was having a stroke and the mother's request to get more immediate assistance to her child. So literally, you have a nurse who's so engaged in this either hyper aggression bias or implicit bias. It doesn't matter which one. And, and I say this often, it feels the same to the other, to the person on the other side of it, right? What what this person still received no care. Uh, the mother said, listen, can we do something quick? It's gonna take me a minute to get there. Can we provide some help faster? No, 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 we just need to get here as soon as you can, all right? While the 17 year old child is having a stroke at the school. Um, she recalled the nurse telling her, he's going to die if he's stroking. They're taking too long to dial 911. That's what the mother said. Sounds more astute than a medical professional. Uh, put up the mother and the 17 year old child again, DeAndre. Okay, remember this is a student. This student depends on adult administrators to do their jobs, especially those in the medical professional, as medical profession. As I've said before, 
when you work in those school systems, your number one job, your first obligation is to the safety of the student. Your second is in the academic development. And third is the social development, which includes morality, ethics, etc. His mother argues the school's top medical professional should have considered first responders who would have gotten to the boy first, noting her proximity to the school and inability to move fast because she is confined to a wheelchair. Okay, the school was aware of this. This is how the nurse responded. The nurse told the mom, well, in my professional, my medical evaluation, it doesn't look like he needs an ambulance. Somebody should come and pick him up. Eventually, the school did call 911. They arrived damn near 45 minutes later after the initial call to the mother. So you're talking about maybe an hour plus of time. This kid is having a stroke and suffering, okay? Um, Once an ambulance showed up, now there's more. The young man was taken to Tufts Medical Center where he was diagnosed as having a stroke. The doctor stopped the stroke using medication, but had to hospitalize the 17 year old for two days, okay? Um, The family actually has a history of strokes. Uh, She doesn't understand how the nurse did not recognize the very obvious symptoms of a stroke. Uh, Let me show you the superintendent, put up the picture of the superintendent. That's the superintendent, Um, her name is Brenda Casilius, who has since reached out to the mother and apologized. All right, so she saw, I'm I'm so sorry uh, that we have a culture of bias in our system. Uh, Apparently the school released a statement to parents about the paramedics coming to the campus. But instead of referencing DeAndre's stroke, the 17 year old, they said that the ambulance were called to support a student having a diabetic episode. They lied. Well, guess what? We're setting the record straight here. So to all of the parents at this school, every single one of you, this is where you get the true story. The letter you got was a lie. The young man was not having a diabetic episode, he was having a stroke. And that school nurse that your children depend on, that you depend on, could have led, her actions could have led to the death of DeAndre. The mother believes that race played a part into this. I agree with the mother. Her thoughts about race and medical care are in line. With a recent study put out by the American Bar Association about implicit bias and racial disparities in healthcare. They claim black people simply are not receiving the same quality of healthcare that their white counterparts receive. Her son is evidence of this, all right? Uh, This is being investigated at this point. Uh, There's no word about the family filing a civil rights lawsuit. Um, I do hope they will file a civil rights lawsuit. We expose these stories, number one, for the sake of truth, clarity. Number two, to become an advocate for those who are true victims. And number three, to provide pressure for transformation to happen, all right? Um, AB, thoughts about this? 
I definitely agree that the mom should file a civil rights lawsuit. I mean, this is intentional negligence at its finest, right? Um, the school has a duty of care to care for that child right. and to make sure that he is taken care of um, with proper medical care when he does have an emergency. There should be something in his file to support any you know medical issues he may have. But I mean, we've seen nurses be convicted for less, right? For accidents. This was intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, period. It was intentional, and this is one of the issues, as mentioned, um, with Black people in healthcare. They never believe us. We're just supposed to be so strong, and you know, be on the brink of death before we get help. And it's right. it's ridiculous. We we got to improve our system, um, and we got to stand together. So I do hope that mother stands up for her son and gets justice from that school. I provide lectureships for Morehouse School of Medicine on the social side. And we had data that came out roughly four, maybe five years ago that was conclusive. And the data showed that if you are a black person and you have a white doctor, your chances of living a long life statistically decreases. If you are a black person with a black doctor, you have an increased viability of life. That's connected to the social dynamic associated with medical care. That black doctors listen to black patients in ways that white doctors dismiss them. So that becomes a great disconnect. The data was clear that data is available for anybody's review. All right, AB, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Thank you. You can find me on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. I am Legally Hype. Thank you once again for having me. I love it every time I come. We love you back. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of this planet, take care of each other. The truth is always indisputable.